Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. several weeks we've been in a series called Kingdom Come as you heard and saw and and taking the words of Jesus may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as is in heaven and we were we're trying to actually practice that practice what it means to live in the kingdom of God and as we practice this I don't know about you I have found that some days I do pretty good that I'm living in the kingdom of God, that I'm doing kingdom things, that I'm thinking beyond myself, I'm thinking of others, I'm thinking of what God's doing in other people. And then there's other days, which was last Tuesday, and then also Thursday, and part of Friday, um, and maybe a little bit of yesterday, where I wasn't. And I found this, is that at the moment it feels like I got it together, at the moment I feel like I've I've really got this thing. And then I realized, oh, I've made it about me. I've made it about my kingdom, not thy kingdom. How about you? I'm sure you look moments in your week. So our whole heart with this is that in our lives, that we, we, it would be kingdom living. Kingdom living. We, we, we said this phrase throughout the last weeks, to the, allowing the rule and reign of God in our everyday life. So practicing living a king, it, takes, it does take practice. And so we keep trying. We allow God to help us through that. So these last few weeks, we've been talking about the kingdom of God. And we've been looking at kingdom of God in, in terms of what Jesus describes as kingdom. And many times he drives this, describes his kingdom in parables and stories that have a point. And one of those we looked at last week was the kingdom of God is, is for people that even if they're late, they still can get in. And today we're going to look at the kingdom of God is a party and everybody, everybody's included. Everybody gets to be involved in this party. And specifically, it can be like a, a wedding party. And there's scripture where Jesus describes his kingdom like a, a wedding feast, a wedding banquet. And it is, it is kind of the wedding season, isn't it? We, we might have turned the TV on the last 48 hours and you're like, I'm just trying to find basketball. I can't find basketball. I see like... Queen, you know, like there's this wedding happening all over. And so God bless Harry and, and, and Megan, and they're getting married. And that's a wonderful thing. We, you know, celebrate royalty and now Americans now are finally legit, right? We're in the royal family and we made it after a few hundred years. And I don't think that would have happened in 1776, but anyway, uh, but pretty cool. But weddings are a part, it's in the season. And some of you might've already received a wedding invitation. There's actually, in this room, people are preparing only days away, like Lyric and Johnny, days away from the wedding. And so that's pretty awesome, right? And we love weddings. And here, but here's the thing. I I think we counted about six weddings, either we're invited to or I'm officiating. And then on top of that, my wife is a, a floral designer, okay? So we're into, we do a lot of weddings, and what I've learned, and, if, and so this is some advice to you guys right here and to think of this, is, is and for others at planning, if your kid's going to plan it and get married, here's, here's one advice, that people make massive dis- mistakes. This is the massive mistake. They make it, yes, the wedding is, is for you, and it's about, it's about you and all that. Don't forget the people that are attending the wedding. Don't forget the people that have to 
And, and again, I say have to, they, they want, they love you, they want to celebrate with you, but they do have to sit through it. And they do have to go through. So, and let me just give you an example of what I mean by this, okay? And, and I, I know we want the perfect day possible and all that, but let me, let me just share something that happened a, a while back. Many years ago, I was a part of a wedding, I was part of fishing in a wedding, and this couple, I, and I think due to the fact, and this happens a lot, due to the fact that the venue wasn't very big and they, they had a limited amount of resources, that they created a two-tier wedding guest list, meaning there was a small group of people that went to the ceremony and a, and a dinner together, so close friends and family members, and then there was a broader group of people that were invited to like a, a dessert reception. The problem was this, not a bad idea, but the problem was this is, it was in the same venue, it was different hours. And I didn't know that because I'm on the A-list, I show up early, I'm, I, I'm, I didn't realize there was tears to this thing, I'm part of the ceremony and the, the dinner and everything, and all of a sudden, more people started showing up. I'm going, man, how come all these people are coming in late? What, what's going on? Well, I happened, and this is my fault, I stood by the door. I don't know why I was in the back. I was standing by the door. And as people were coming in, I didn't know what was really happening, and they didn't know what was really happening. They didn't know there was two, two guest lists. So as they're coming in, they're like, did we, is it started already? Did we miss the wedding? And I'm like, well, the wedding was like, a ha- you know, it was two hours ago. Well, the, our invitations say, like, you know, this time. Oh, well, I, 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 I guess there was two, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Come on in. Like, I couldn't explain it. And then other, other people started showing up. And then I realized, why am I explaining what happened that you didn't make the first list, and I'm the one explaining it? Like, so I went in another part of the, the reception. Like, why am I standing at the door? That's not my job to do that and explain that a little bit. Now, I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Where you kind of, and here, here's the question I have with this is, have you ever felt left out on life's guest list? They, it's, there's something that took place, there's an event that took place, a wedding, a party, a friendship group, an event, and others were invited. I mean, people that, you know, they you know, they know them, and they're, they know them, but they know you. I mean, you're close. I mean, you're, you are a close group of people. You, I mean, if anybody's going to be invited, you'll be invited, and you're not invited. That can be a bummer. And maybe they're, you know, you, you accidentally left off the list or something happened, something went, and then come to find out you really weren't invited. And you kind of like, I get it. You know, they had to shrink their numbers. There's a budget and all that. But there is this feeling that you're not good enough, not cool enough. You're just, and this, this is just as bad, overlooked and ignored. If you ever felt that way. If you ever felt like you're, you're, you're in the two-tier list or, you know, you're, you're able to come in the courtyard of the wedding and, and the, the first part of the chapel, but the inner sanctum, did you watch that yesterday? There's the inner sanctum part, only the close friends and family. You are not quite able to get that close to the, to the couple. You know, that feeling is there. Can I tell you this? God doesn't think that way at all. God doesn't have, and he doesn't edit his guest list. Everybody's included. So, in fact, we'll say it this way. The kingdom of God is a party and you're all invited. You're all invited. Now, that's kind of Southern, right? People, we don't say you're all all the time here unless you're from Custer. And so, and if you're from Custer, you know what I'm talking about. That's how you talk over there, okay? And, and here's the thing. I'm not down on Custer people. I love Custer people. Anybody from Custer? Come on, raise your hand. Woo! Yeehaw! You're from Custer. Listen, Custer's a great place because you practice what is called Southern hospitality, Right? 
I, if you go in the south, you know what it's like. You're all invited, right? You're all the barbecue. Come on down there to barbecue, right? We, we, uh, we love that, right? We love, we love southern hospitality. And so God's kingdom that God offers, it's, it's, it's southern hospitality on steroids, okay? God is saying, I have this opportunity. I have this, this party that I want to have. And you're thinking, well, where does that all come from? It comes from Jesus, Jesus was about parties. If you read in the Gospels, all throughout, Jesus was, showed up at parties. He was invited by, part, invited by people to be part of parties. And it wasn't just certain people. You think, well, Jesus is religious. I mean, if anybody's going to be religious, it would be Jesus. But that wasn't, that wasn't Jesus at all. Jesus was invited by all kinds of people. He was invited by tax collectors who considered really bad people back then. He was considered uh, hanging out with sinners. He's called a friend of sinners. People, he hung with the, the riffraff. I mean, Jesus was with the people. And it didn't matter who they were. And yet the religious leaders, religious people would criticize him all the time. And I think that's what religious people do, don't they? Fun and God don't go together. Have you met religious people like that? Like, why is that? And the reality is, is that the, the kingdom of God is this, this wonderful celebration. So for Jesus, celebration was so central because he says, everybody's loved, everybody's accepted, everybody should be treated at face value. You're created in the image of God. All are important. Jesus loved parties. He loves parties so much. In fact, specifically weddings so much. What did he do in his first miracle? Was at a wedding, turned water into wine. He didn't want the party to end. That was Jesus and who he was. And so today we're going to look at a story that Jesus tells, describes the kingdom of God like a party. And it's Luke's rendition in the gospel that we're going to look at today. And before we get into this story that he tells, you need to know the context of this story. is because right before what was happening is Jesus is with an elite group of people. These religious people, they had their, they're the kind of the, the uppity up, high society, Jewish people of the day. And, they're, and he's starting to describe a little bit what the kingdom of God is like. And finally, as you read the stories where it comes to this place where an, a religious elite person challenges them or actually just describes it basically saying, oh, okay, Jesus, this is what it is. He says this, when one of them was at the table, when he heard him say this and talk about this, Jesus, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. What was happening here is this religious elite guy was saying, hey, Blessed are the one that eats at the, at the feast of the kingdom of God. And that's it's like, that's us. We're going to be the ones. We're this special group of people that God is going to bless. And then we get to be part. We're, we're the chosen ones. Well, Jesus, and only Jesus does, challenges that with this parable. You don't understand the significance of what he's saying when he says it to these group of religious elite People. He says this, a certain man was preparing a great banquet, invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who have been invited, come for everything is now ready. Now the cultural context is this, is back in the day, they didn't have evites, they didn't have emails, there was no text messages, no Facebook postings. You know, there wasn't even an ability really to do a handwritten letter and give an invite out, invitation to, to, to a wedding or to a party. What happened was that people go out and they would speak spread the message, hey, there's going to be a party, there's going to be, this is going to take place, and maybe days before. And then the day of, knowing the day's coming, 
they also are giving a, another announcement, a verbal announcement. No one had watches and I, you know, phones to keep track of time. And so they never knew exactly. It really came to the party host when the food was prepared and ready, when the table was set, when everything's ready for the party, the, the playlist is set, ready to go. Here is the time. And they say, come, the party is now time to come. They were invited. Now it's time to actually come in. Well, listen to the response of the people. It says, but they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I, I, I just bought a, a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. The other said, I just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. So another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Now you read those, you're going, those are pretty legitimate excuses. But actually you look at these, there's no urgency, there's no emergency in these. And Jesus used the example going, eh, they're kind of lame. Those are lame excuses. Think about this. Would you buy a, a, a land and then go look at it? I wouldn't. I don't know what's on eBay. I guess you could look that way, but at least see, and you see a picture. Would you buy a car? Now the oxen back then were vehicles and farm, you know, buy a tractor. Okay. Would you, would you go buy it and not even know it and just, and then go look at it and try it out? No, no one does that. Right. Well, how about the guy that get married? Well, that could be a legitimate excuse. I just got married, but that's kind of lame too. Don't you think? Yeah. Bring your wife or Better yet, like, don't blame your wife. Like, oh, I got to get home. Man, my wife, God, she'll kill me if I get home in time. Like, it's just lame. Man up, dude, okay? You know, seriously, these are, these are lame excuses that he has. And Jesus uses examples. So we can kind of, you know, make fun of these guys. But let me ask you this question. What weak excuses are, are you given or are we given for not going into the kingdom of God party? What are we doing in our, our lives that are excuses for us to really, truly enter in and be a part of what God is doing. And it's interesting when you look at these excuses these guys give, none of them are really sinful. You don't read in scripture, it says, well, I, I had to open a casino in Tiberias, couldn't be there. You know, I had a large shipment of meth arriving in Caesarea. It's just, I can't, I, it's coming in. I can't do that, right? There's nothing, there's nothing sinful about these excuses. It's not they're going to go sin, but the problem was they had another agenda. That's something that was more, that's really the point. It's not a sinful agenda to be on God's king party. The excuses are there's a, another agenda. They had other priorities. John Piper writes it this way. The greatest enemy of hunger for God is not a poison apple, but an apple pie. See, the greatest adversary to loving God is not his enemies, but his gifts. And so much we can get caught up and what God has given us and God has blessed us with and what we have and miss out the fact that who gave it to us in the first place. Listen, if you want a bigger house, can I remind you of this? You're going to have more to clean. If you want a brand new car, guess what? You're going to be worried and picky about the new car, okay? You're going to, you're going to like disown your children if they, you know, drop, drop a fish cracker in there, right? You're going to get compulsive about that, right? We get so caught up in the times and, and some of us have acquired much in life and it's much to take care of. We can acquire much in our career. We acquire much in all the relationships. We can spend so much time and we, we need, Lord, we need help and we scrape by and we get there and finally we get it. And then we're so occupied with what we have and what we're doing and we miss the gifts 
We, we see the gifts and we receive and miss the gift giver. And Jesus is saying, listen, there's something bigger I'm doing here. It's my kingdom that you can be a part of. And I, I, I tell you, time and time again, I, I run after cheap substitutes to entertain myself rather than pressing in to God's kingdom party that he has. And I'm wondering if this for you is why we're bored with our Christian faith. Why do it sometimes it seems dull is that maybe we actually never really entered into the party totally to what God has for us. Listen, what happens next to this parable, these, these people, it says this, the servant came back and reported this to the master and the, and the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys on the, of the town and bring the, the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you order, have ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told, told his servant, go out into the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not, not one of those who, are, who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. What I love about the story is that this invitation is for everyone. That Jesus' invitation to his kingdom is massive, and he's communicating this to all of them. And so I want to share some truths, how amazing this invitation is. First is this, God's invitation is the most extensive. And nowadays, we advertise, we communicate, you have something going on, and you let everybody know. I know it's Facebook, everybody wants you to know what they're doing, and, and you know if it's a fake nail design party, or scrapbooking, or Farmville, or Aunt, Aunt Candy Crush, there's so many opportunities that I get on a daily basis about you, the opportunities are there. And I, it's hard to pass those over, I get it, I get it at times. But I tell you, listen, there's times where there's so much inv- we're invited to, and you might have something really awesome, like a wedding or a celebration, but a lot of things get clogged in there. So please do not send me. I don't know if that Candy Crush exists anymore. I never participated in that. That is like a, some kind of an addiction out there. I, won't, I don't want to do that. But I'm telling you, there is invites that we get, and we have to be selective. And I tell you, with God's invitation, it goes beyond social media. It is it extended to the ends of the earth. He says, go into the highways, another translation of country roads and lanes, the highways and byways. This mission goes global to every tribe and every nation, the uttermost parts of the earth. This good news of what God has for everybody. The kingdom of God is for everyone, from Blaine to Bangkok to Custer to Cambodia, even from Semiamu to Maple Falls. Have you been out how far drive? I've driven one day from Semiamu to Maple Falls even, that the kingdom of God is extended that far for us. But it's not just area, it's an ethnicity. God's invitation is more inclusive, is the most inclusive invitation. I know if you're planning a wedding or planning a group, people, and you're not sure who to invite, guess what? You're going to leave somebody off the guest list. It's guaranteed. If you create a guest list, someone's going to get mixed, missed. And it might be your, you know, second cousin's stepdaughter who was offended. You know, she didn't get invited. And, and you're like, I didn't even know she existed, right? And, you know, so, but this is so cool is that God, the Bible says, if, if you've been left off a guest list, you're on God's list. And in fact, the Bible says that our names are engraved on the palm of God's hand. God's got you in a tattoo on, your hand, on his hand. 
He has you. He knows your name. He knows who you are. And Jesus makes this point really to the religious elite. Anybody can be involved with this. It doesn't matter if you've got it all together or he says to his servants, go out, bring the poor, bring the crippled, bring the blind and bring the lame. And we read that and go, of course, Jesus, it's, it's for everybody. Your message is for everybody, but not back then because the religious elite had this mentality. And it was this, if you were blind or crippled or lame, you had some private deformity or you had something wrong with you, or you're just plain dirt poor. Guess what? That's not just a bummer for you, but they believe you're cursed, cursed by God. That you must have did something wrong. You must have sinned or your parents sinned that put you in this condition. That was the mentality back then. As, as wrong as that is, we need to be reminded of our own sinfulness, our own lives, our own, our own issues that we have. It might not be a physical sense. It might be an emotional sense that, for all of us. The reality is in this broken world where sin prevails, everything, all that we're doing, there's a, there's a longing for wholeness and completeness. And when we look at the, the, the people, the other people out there, whoever condition they are, we're in the same place. Jesus reminding them, you're all lame. You're all, you're all poor. You're all blind and naked. And as he describes the church of Laodicea in Revelation, that you think you're rich. You think you have everything, but you don't realize that you have nothing without Jesus, without his work that he does in your life. And so this, the, the sin have. Ha, um, Handicaps that we have in our life can frustrate us. And Jesus is saying, listen, it's open for everybody. There's no conditions that go with it. Another thing to know is that it's, it's included. It's no, it's no exclusions. To Christ the King, we want to be a welcoming church. We're, I'm so glad that it doesn't matter what you wear when you come in here. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter even what you believe or the lifestyle you live. I want you to know that that's so important for people to know that message. But we can say that, but it's the other thing that actually takes place when people come in this place. And we need to remind ourselves, not just coming into a church service, but coming into a relationship of who we are is so important. Now, if you're here today, and you're fairly new, and you're kind of wondering what we're about, I want to give you a little warning. We are very, very imperfect people. We got issues, right? In fact, if you met anybody, and like, first you go, they're really good. oh, they're really cool people. They're really nice people. And then when you get to know them, they're not normal, right? <laughs> That's everybody, by the way. That's everybody, you're not going to find a perfect place. You're not going to find a perfect setting. And that's the message where you say, Jesus is saying, it's for everybody. My kingdom is for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are or what's happening to you. You're all included. And I love, the, I love the message of all in the Bible. I love it. All people. You know what it means? All, not just some. All, not just others. All, but not those people. Listen to all, though, in perspective. Bible says, Romans, all have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. All of us are sinners. All of us are messed up. All of us have issues. And what the power of grace does and what Jesus did for us is the fact that we can be redeemed. All of us, every single one of us can be transformed. God's invitation is the most inclusive invitation ever. All included, everybody can respond. But also know this is that God's invitation is the most intensive. It's most intensive. If you look at the, the pleading that the master had, the, the, the host of this party, why was, he, why was he angry? 
Well, he felt probably rejected that those people he invited didn't come. He also had a sense of urgency. What am I going to do with all this food? I've laid out this entire party and nobody's coming. None of my my peeps are going to be there. None of my my close people. Well, fooey on them. I'm going to go invite everybody. They're missing out. I'm going to invite everybody. And we go to the neighbors. No, no, we we still got room. Everybody's invited. Everybody's included. This this intensive invitation is a reminder that God pursues us that way. From the very beginning of time, God came in the cool of the day in the garden to be with Adam and Eve. That he's pursuing relationship with us in an intensity. All through the Old Testament, you read how God showed up and intervened in moments and he never stopped pursuing. And that's why finally he says, I've just got to come myself. And he comes in, the Bible says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This intensity, you got to know that God is pursuing you with intensity, compelling you to be a part of him and what he has for you. But know this, God's invitation, it's the most expensive. It's the most expensive now, I heard weddings are expensive. Larry and John, I don't know what your bill's going to be, but maybe your parents do. I don't know. But I tell you, it's expensive. And I, I, I've seen it kind of secondhand. I'm not quite there yet. I'm a long ways away from it, I hope. But here's the thing. I, I don't want to turn into Steve Martin, Father of the Bride. You know, when Frank shows up, you know, and in the flamingos. No flamingos, okay. But... I have seen fathers walk their bride down. I've seen many weddings, many, many long aisles, and there's, there's weeping and there's crying. I mean, and, and they're giving their precious baby daughter away, right? Some loser guy, right? <laughs> but I talked to some of the fathers afterwards. Why they're really crying is it's expensive. <laughs> you know, my cashing in the 401k, right? It's expensive. Now, if those weddings are expensive, how expensive is God's wedding? What was the price of God's wedding? It was everything, right? It was everything. Jesus gave, here, here's, the, here's what it costs. Listen, Bible says this in 1 Peter, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life in, in, you inherited from your ancestors. It was not paid with mere gold or silver, which can lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. The price was paid. And guess what? The price has been paid already for a future wedding banquet that we're going to celebrate together. Because as we celebrate weddings on this earth, did you know that there's going to be a wedding one day? Do you know there's going to be incredible shindig that we never could imagine in our lives? I mean, if you watched the, the screen in the last couple of days and saw this perfect royal wedding, that is like, you know, a peasant wedding compared to this kingdom of God wedding that will take one day at the end of time. The Bible describes this at the end of in Revelation. A wonderful message is this. It's the, it's the marriage supper of the Lamb. Why is it called the marriage supper of the Lamb? It's what was the price that was paid for that wedding. That The culmination that will come together one day where Jesus, the, the, the bridegroom, and us, the bride, the church, will come together and be in this incredible time of celebration. And it's going to be massive. It's going to be awesome. And we're all invited to it. We're all invited to it. But here's the question I have is, who's your plus one? 
Who are you inviting to the wedding? Who are you inviting in? Who, every single one of us are invited in. Not, and so the message that Jesus is sharing to us is this. It's not only that we're invited and that we're the guests a part of it. He's telling us as a part of this celebration that we're the servants to go out and invite people. Not just invite people. Hey, come on up. To compel people. To compel people. To bring them in. To bring them in. To come and be a part of this. And he says, until my house is full. How about you? I see a few seats here today. I, feel, I, I, I think there's room on your, on your guest list, isn't there, for the parties that you could have and the people around you invite. But here's the question I have with this is how compelling are you? How compelling are you? How is your life compelling? Not what you say and how you, how you act on the outside, but is your life compelling? Is that everything that you experience and that you're already part of the party and you're already part of God's kingdom and you're experiencing the, the, the amazing benefits of that. You're finding that you found peace like you've never experienced before. Some of you have. Some of you have experienced inner healing and wholeness in your life that you've never experienced in your life, but God's done that and God's touched you in such an amazing way. Some of you have experienced community, that you've found a group of people that have loved you and cared for you, and you're part of something. You don't feel lonely anymore. You're part of, of, of understanding that there's incredible amount of destiny and purpose in your life that you didn't have before, but now that you're in God's kingdom, it's so much a part of who you are, and you can imagine what it'd be like without. And when people come encounter with you, do they feel that? Do they sense that? They're going, I don't know what's wrong with that guy. I don't know what's different about her, but I want it. I, I, I want to be a part of that. There's something different. There's something amazing about them. It's, it is different, and I need it. That's what I need in my life. Is your life that compelling to be a part, to invite them in? And, and we have this place, and, and God is saying in this today, I really sense this urgency that we have. There's an urgency within us saying, it is so amazing what God you've done in my life. I, I'm just compelled. I'm compelled, and the Bible says, be compelled by love to reach out and care for people that desperately, desperately need it. Because this is so important. We must understand there's a caveat to this invitation that's given to all. It's this. God's invitation has an expiration date. God's invitation has an expiration date. You see, if Jesus, it's interesting, he ends the parable with a very sobering verse. He says this, I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. That's kind of confusing. You're going, well, you did, I, I thought you're supposed to, you're compelling come. Well, it's that other group. Yes, they came. The, the first group didn't come. They didn't get to taste it because they never, they never walked in the kingdom. They never stepped in it. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. But sometimes we can stand on the distance, or others can stand on the distance like, ah, it doesn't, ah, it doesn't appeal to me. But our lives is it's compelling people saying, it is pretty amazing. Come be a part of it. And I tell you, if you're here today, we, we want you to remind you that there's an expiration date to this invitation. The expiration date is when you expire. When you breathe your last breath and you have your last heartbeat, that's it. That's over. There's a window of opportunity that we have in this life. If you've not received this invitation that so is, is so amazing, it's so incredible that he offers us and calls us to and so I encourage you, go and look in the, the highways and byways, the crossroads of life. Where are the people that need to hear the message, this incredible message that, that we can invite into? It's, is it for coffee, into our homes, into our circles, into our services, to compel them to come and to be a part? 
this invitation that is available for every single one of us. And if you're on the other end of that, guess what? We want you to be a part. We don't want you just part to come and just sit in a service. We want you to be a part to come and sit in our circle. Be a, be a friend. We all need more friends, right? How many more friends? I need more friends. Let's be a part, including people in our lives. And to do what Scripture says at the end is this invitation. At the end of the, at the, end of the Bible, I don't know if you've read the, much of the end. It's pretty cool at the end what happens because it's this invitation. The invitation, this says in Revelation, it says the spirit and the bride say, come. Let everyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires to drink freely from the water of life, come drink, come experience, taste and see that the Lord is good. Come, the spirit and the bride. That's God and we're the bride together to compel to compel together. We're the messengers. We're the servants to go and invite people. Come into this life. It's so amazing. But they won't know it's amazing until they see it amazing in us and and compelled to be a part as well. If you're here today and you feel the the compulsion to be a part, we want to invite you. We want want to, in fact, accepting this invitation to come into this kingdom of God party. It's available. If you're here and you're going to feel as we go out, we're going to pray the opportunity that God's going to give us that our lives would compel people to be a part. There's no RSVP. There's no two-tier invitations. The Spirit and the Bride, God and us say, come, come be a part. Will you pray with me as our team comes? I love it how it says the Spirit and the Bride. The Spirit is the Holy Spirit always, listen to this, always inviting us in relationship. There's not one time or one second of history in your life where God rejects you. You're not on the list. Every single time, every single moment, come, come, come. Be in relationship with me. Be in friendship with me. Come to, come to you, all who are weary and burdened, I'll give you rest. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, come in, I'll, I'll, come, I'll come in and be with them. Jesus invites us to this relationship. And it's intense, it's extensive, it's, and it's rich because it's, it's, it was spent. The precious blood of the Lamb of God for us to receive today. If you haven't received, you've heard now to receive, to actually step into the the party today. I want to pray with you today. And it's simply saying, Jesus, I accept your invitation into your party. I want to be in. Lord, I know the pathways through the cross. I understand that my sinfulness doesn't qualify to be in there. But Jesus, you paid the price for me so that I can enter this festivity and be a part of your kingdom. I receive you today. I receive your invitation. I'm going to walk in today. I'm going to walk in for, maybe today your first time doing that today. We want to pray with you. Lift you up today. But I want to speak to all the party goers here today. I want to speak to all the people that are already in. We've eaten the food. We've seen the gifts open. We had some cake. Now we're a little bored. Well, guess what? There's a lot of room left more to be a part of the party. And wouldn't it be awesome 
would it not be life-changing yourself to see new people come into the party and to wash their faces and see their lives changed? I think we get excited about the kingdom of God again, can't we? Can you picture that? Can you picture somebody this week that you could be a little nudge in the direction and say, hey, I've got an invite. I got, a, I, I got an extra seat that I'm going to this party. You want to join me? I got a little room in my living room, my small group. I got a little room at my table for a meal. I'm at this place at this time. I've got room at the coffee table, the cafe. I got room at the lunch table. I, 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 I would love to take a walk with you this week. What, what, would it work out? Would it work out if we got together? I'd, I'd love to invite you to my church. It's pretty good. Come, come join me. Let's, let's think about those people that we can, the Bible says, compel them. Compel them with our lives. Because that's what it'll say. They'll, they'll see your life and they'll see the example. God, I want that. It's a little different, but I want it. Let's pray. Lord, we're, wherever we're at right now, Lord, we know this is the spirit and the bride say come. That you, Lord, you're inviting us ongoing, 24 hours a day, every minute of this day, inviting us into your kingdom inviting us to be a part of what you're doing. And God, I pray for those today. Today, they, they just need to, they've heard it, they heard it, they heard it. This is their day. This is their opportunity to receive you today. In fact, heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here today and think, man, I just need to accept God's kingdom. Party today. I want, to be, I want to go in today. I'm in today. I want to pray for you. It's just simply saying yes. Yes, Lord, I come in. I come in and receive you. I want to be a part of your party. And God, thank you for those are being invited in right now. But Lord, I pray for us that are already in. God, will you allow us opportunity this week? Lord, will you give us a chance in a moment to, to invite someone, not just maybe to church or to a group, but to our life, Lord? Invite them in our life. Be a part of what you're doing in our life and to be able to let that be an overflow. That our lives, not just by what we say, but what we do and our attitude, just compel them be a part, Lord. Will you give us an opportunity today? The people and the names we think of and the faces we think of, our, our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends, our family members, people around us, Lord, will you give us that chance that we can tell them to this kingdom. So, so if it's so awesome and so incredible, why would we not want to share that message to be a part of your party that we can celebrate, celebrate together your kingdom. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.